brave, daring, a little stupid. E.A. Man. Hey everybody, welcome to B.A. Man. So, we're talking about some of the bravest and manliest shit going on in the world, whether it be news or events. And so, just to kick off the show, a little introduction. I'm Adam Shigley. I'm from southern Indiana. Uh, went to college at Ball State. Chirp, chirp. And uh, that was Ben there. And uh, moved out to Colorado, made a quick pit, pit stop there for a couple months, checked it out. Gotta get a little high. Got, got a little high over there. And then decided to come on to Utah. So, Ben, what what do you have to say about yourself? Well, uh, I'm an Army brat, so I moved around a bunch. Ended up in Indiana and went to Ball State, graduated, and now I'm out here in Utah. I'm working as a chef, and I enjoy it so far. See where it goes. And so this is the BA Man podcast, so welcome. To be a man! And thanks for tuning in. We've got a website coming up shortly and a YouTube channel full of crazy shit. So check us out. Check it out. Today, we's going to talk about some new information about... What's the new information? (laughs) The new information about possible giant sloths existing in prehistoric times. Giant fucking sloths? Giant sloths. Some new research about how human bones make terrific daggers. Human bones into daggers? What's this guy talking about? (laughs) And some new science research about space. Space? I got all kinds of space. (laughs) And finally, we'll be talking about one of the oldest events and craziest events on the planet. What's that? the running of the bulls. And so... I mean, what gets more manlier than that is a fucking running with bulls. Those bulls can fuck you up! They will fuck you up, too. Which is why it's on our number one episode. So, uh, just to get the show started off, uh, Ben, how's how's your day going? Dude, my day's it's been pretty good, you know? I, I went to work, it was a little cold with the top off on the Jeep. Was it? On the way home, it was just gorgeous out. I, I loved it. Nice, nice. So, it's, did you cook anything? No, uh, today I just made some teriyaki chicken with some rice and uh, some vegan kale stuff. It It's to please the vegans. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to do what the people want. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Exa- how else are you going to get paid? I mean, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I show up and I give the people what they want. And then, <laughs> from there, I just... I just went home, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a little high and I wandered off. Yeah, I mean, that's... What else are you supposed to do after work? Nah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, if there's a better answer, I'm waiting for it in the comments. So there you go, buddy. So let's uh, let's get started with this show. We're going we're gonna to talk about some of these news stories here. So uh, this new study that suggests us humans stalked giant fucking sloths during the prehistoric times. This is from an article in the Washington Post. They found fossils of human footsteps chasing a giant sloth near New Mexico's White Sands National Monument. There was a period in time called the Pleistocene. So so forgive me if I don't pronounce any of these words right, but <laughs> I think it's called the Pleistocene, 
and it started 2.5 million years ago and ended 12,000 years ago. Okay. Years ago, where they're called, they were called ground sloths, and apparently they're the size of an elephant. And standing up, they'd be 12 foot tall. A 12 foot fucking 12 sloth. Foot t- sloth coming at you. Did you know how much mold it takes to cover a 12 foot fucking sloth? Mold? A lot. <laughs> no, but really, I can see why we would eat those. Like, so we're hunting the most unavailable fucking animal in the world, a sloth. It doesn't even crawl down the tree to shit. It just shits on, like, the like itself, pretty much. It waits for mold to grow on it. It's that lazy. And we, we're like, okay, this is a giant fucking lazy sack of meat. Let's hunt that thing. So we hunt it, and I guarantee you that thing tastes worse than raccoon does. And that's just like, oh. <laughs> if you've never had raccoon, you're that's you're not missing out. That thing's terrible. Okay, don't ever let anybody tell you. Oh no, we can cook it the right way. We can pull out all the nasty scent glands. No, you can't. It tastes like. Shit! <laughs> I mean, they eat just they don't. They eat, they eat, what do they eat? Even? They I don't eat anything that, and but. everything they can find. They're the big ass rats of the world, the big ass mice. But I'm sidetracked. Go on with the current events. Okay, so they they found these tracks with human tracks and giant fucking sloth tracks. And said it wasn't possible to narrow down the time scale to hours or minutes, but the human probably followed the sloth within a day. The tracks led the scientists to a site that suggests confrontation. The marks in the sand indicate the sloth turned to face approaching humans, scrapping the knuckles of its front limbs along the ground as it did so. Wait, and did they fight the fucking sloth or not? So apparently not. So it didn't have a violent end. And scientists say maybe the ground sloths may have been fun to harass. What <laughs> so, the fuck are we doing? What? Dude, fuck that. We'll fucking kill it. We might eat it if it tastes good. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, what would you do back in that fucking... Okay, imagine, imagine us being back in that time and it was like, oh lord, like... 12,000 BC, somewhere in there, 20,000 BC. I mean, what else would you do for entertainment? Like, I feel like that's a one human thing that everybody has to do is entertain themselves, or you just get bored. I mean, I guess you hunt and stuff, but like, what else? Like, what what, what would actually make you laugh? <laughs> you know? So, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> let's run away. Eat the shit out of this sloth. That, that only moves down the tree once a month. I got it. It's, it's a pinata. Exactly I'm still pissed that they said we're we walked into a thing of confrontation. Yeah, and no, then that's nothing. I mean, happened. that's what the article. He didn't challenge us. Yeah, I mean, what a pussy. That's what the article says. It looks like it's like it was nonviolent, so they just walked away. And then it was like, oh, the the early humans probably just made fun of them <laughs> you know it's ridiculous <laughs> so we'll move on to the next story we have here so okay th- this sounds badass though so listen science says human bones make the best bone daggers the daggers were made from a human femur which are very dense and curved the daggers were 
discovered in New Guinea and used back in the day in hand-to-hand combat. Dude, that sounds badass. I mean, hunting with a, a dagger made of human bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like, what? that's the ultimate, like, trick. Uh, I'm gonna pull this shit out that I've already killed somebody with. I'm gonna kill you with it. That, that's mind games times 100 right there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the authors wrote that the daggers were much more than a blade. They were prized as markers of social capital, worn as conspicuous personal adornments. The daggers were exemplars par excellence of male fighting abilities and a highly desirable status symbol among men. Is that why I like all those people and they would wear the crocodile teeth? They were like, oh yeah, I killed all these fucking crocodiles and shit. Yeah, probably like that. So they probably killed people and just saved their bones. Yeah, I don't they, know. Yeah, that's wild. That'd be a lot of neck daggers. <laughs> You could use them in, like, whenever those, like, you always carry them on you, you always wear them, probably. So you just rip them, and if you need a fucking weapon, a dual blade, then you're you're there. Yeah. <laughs> I got 20 of these. Let's go. So so this is, so a German anthropologist, Leonard Schultz Jenna, described the weapon's fierce function in grisly detail back in 1914, writing, the dagger serves not only to stab into the main arteries, but at the same time as a lever with which one twists the punctured neck of the enemy in order to tear the throat and with sufficient power break the neck. That's fucking... Damn. They used it for that. That shit's insane. That'd be like the goriest shit I've ever seen, probably. So next up, we have some badass science stuff. So when an asteroid smashes into Earth at 11,000 miles per hour, how much of that asteroid's constituent water gets left behind in the debris? And how much boils away in the intense heat of the collision? That's a question. Do you know the answer to that, Ben? For a million dollars. Is there a million dollars on the line? If there's a million dollars on the line. Do I get a calculator? What is your answer? If I get a calculator, (laughs) I want the million dollar handshake. (laughs) You gotta, no, you don't get a calculator, I'm sorry. You you baffle me there. I'm gonna say because I don't have a calculator on hand, you know. Otherwise, I'd have it down to a silence. So I'm gonna say eighty percent of it gets left behind. Twenty percent of it boils away. The reason I say that is because. Are you sure it's not the opposite? Switched around. Twenty percent stays. Eighty percent goes. Yeah, because I think it. As long as it's moving fast enough, it'll shoot through the atmosphere which will just sear the outside and just burn away 20% of it but it's moving so fast that as that gets hot it'll just move down the asteroid and pull away fast enough so to answer that question uh, they needed an asteroid cannon so the team enlisted the help of NASA's vertical gun range at the Ames Research Center in California an indoor ballistic facility built during the Apollo program in the 60s to stimulate high-speed cosmic collisions on a small scale. The Brown University team used marble-sized cylinders of antigorite, a green mineral that's common in oceanic crust and contains an average of 13% water by weight. So over several trials, the researchers blasted the fake asteroid into the fake Earth at speeds reaching more than 11,200 miles per hour. They found that Pieces of antagorite melded to form brickias, 
jagged collages of debris cemented together during the heat of the impact and found 30% of the fake asteroid water remained. So it worked. So 30% of the water got hold, though. So what if Earth was created by an asteroid that hurt, that held 30% of water? But then again, we have 80, what, 70% of the Earth is filled with water? Yeah, but we know more about space than we do the ocean because it's the pressure ruins the exploration. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. It's easy to go into zero gravity. It's hard to go into a lot of pressure. I mean, imagine... Imagine going in the ocean and trying to explore, like, way down there. You know, like, there's miles and miles of depth of ocean. Yeah. It's insane to think about. Sign me up. (laughs) So, the next story, this one's... I just really wanted to include this one because I thought it was funny. It's about space. It is an article published on space.com. It says a new study suggests that the atmosphere of Uranus is largely compromised of hydrogen sulfide. Hydrogen sulfide. Yeah, do you do you know what that smells like? It smells like if you ate Taco <laughs> Bell for a solid week and you know you can't trust that fart afterwards, that's that's what it smells like. That's exactly right. So I just think it's fucking hilarious. So I mean Uranus smells like Uranus shit. Uranus smells like shit. And they just found that out apparently a couple of days ago. And there was an article about it, so <laughs> I just thought so, it was fucking hilarious. It's, it's always good to know that your anus smells like shit. <laughs> and then, I mean, just think about whoever named the planet. They had to know it was going to work out that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the perfect scenario. Your anus smells like shit. What if he shit? farted whenever he saw the planet? It's like, oh, <laughs> your anus. <laughs> he was like, oh, that's the name of a planet I discovered. And everybody's going to call it that from now on. What a fucking prankster. I'd love to meet him. But anyway. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I named it before I knew it smelled like shit. Who the fuck does that? Yeah, You know what it was? Before everybody got the, I got your name tattooed on my butt. He was like, hey, I got a planet named after Uranus. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. I bet no other planet in the universe has thought of something like that. Let's name one of our planets after something funny. You can't go up to Jupiter and be like, hey, girl, I like your rings. Nah, nah. (laughs) You go up to Uranus and you're like, hey, I smell that. We're good. (laughs) So we got a shit ton of stories out of being here. So we're going to keep We can only give you one per show, though, so... Because they're special. But anyways, Ben's got a story to tell us today. Something that's that probably changed his life. Or something that resonated with him. You know, it kept with you forever for this long. To be- <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely, it stayed with me. How about that one? So my girlfriend at the time was going to visit her family or friends in Wisconsin. And I was going to the train station to pick her up in Illinois. I lived in Indiana at the time. She texted me and was like, can you pick me up? And I was like, yeah, I can definitely pick you up. Where are you coming in at? And she sent me the train station address. And so at the time, I uh, had my brother's car. He was away at college. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just take the car out there. And didn't 
think I needed to tell my parents. I was like, no, there's no way they need to know that I'm going out of state. They won't freak out if they find out. There's no way they would find out. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm about two hours into my trip. It's only three hours away. I'm two hours in. Uh, Past Illinois borders like probably an hour ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Just going down, cruising in my brother's car. It was a a Saturn. I had a so I had a About truck, 65. and the truck doesn't get over ninety. And so I'm cruising down there easily at one hundred in this car. And then uh, I get to the train station, pick her up. We're on our way back. She decides to give me roadhead. On the way home, I'm like, hell yeah. So she's giving me road ahead. I'm flying down this road in my brother's car and get pulled over by the cops. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, yeah, I slammed on the brakes, but I'm on the interstate, so I, I'm like still going 70. And uh, I see his lights behind me. He jumps over the medium. I'm driving for like a mile trying to pull up my uh, pants. <laughs> I can't get him over. I finally get him over my hip. And uh, I I stopped the car on the side of the road. He gets out and goes, yo, you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, no, officer, why? And he goes, you were speeding back there. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was messing with the radio. Like mm-hmm. I can't tell him I was just getting head. And I lost track of the floorboard. <laughs> but, you know, it happens. So he gave me a ticket, and I was like... I thought he'd give you a high five instead. You should have told him the truth, honestly. Yeah, maybe. I could have got a high five, or he could have gave me two more tickets. (laughs) I went with a, I don't know, officer. Yeah, yeah, that's the safe way. I I wonder what would happen if you told him the truth. It's like, officer, honestly, I was getting some red heads up. (laughs) Yeah, so then... He gives me a ticket, and I'm like, motherfucker. He's like, no, you don't even have to appear in court. They're just going to mail it to your house. And I was like, no, can I not just pay it right now? <laughs> just give him cash like, no, you and can't give pay him a bribe. Right <laughs> so, he, yeah, yeah, he was like, are you trying to bribe me? I was like, no, dude, I'm not, I swear. And he, I was just like, I can't tell him, no, my parents don't know I went out of town to pick up my girlfriend. I can't, like, no. And anyway, he mails it to my house. I and I have to tell my parents. They I didn't tell them. They just found out through the mail oh, that God. I went to Illinois and got a speeding ticket, and I got and <laughs> I got grounded, and they freaked out. Oh my gosh! I wonder that'd be funny off the ticket on the ticket too that got sent to your parents' house if it said driving for getting head. <laughs> that would. That would be... The, Do you think you'd get grounded even more? I think my dad would give me an up top, and then uh, my mom would just give me that. Um, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. The real angry. do too well. All right, let's finish this up. So now we're going to talk about one of the most badass events. One of the most badass events in all of it, anywhere around the world. It's called little thing called Running the Bulls. And so this famous festival of San Berman, which is right around the corner this year in 2018, is in 
is from July 6th to July 14th. It's a historically rooted celebration held annually in the city of Pamplona, Spain. So this is from the official website, runningofthebulls.com. The running of the bulls is a centuries-old tradition with records dating back to 1591. And since then, the event has grown to become the world's largest fiesta, receiving over 1 million visitors from all over the world. There are over 400 events scheduled during the running of the bulls and the San Fermin Festival. So yeah, there are four, over 400 events scheduled during that week. And uh, they even even on the official website, runningofthebulls.com, they have running of the bulls life insurance. And they say, and I quote, in case you haven't heard, running in front of killer bulls is dangerous. It also can violate the ri- high risk activities clause of your life insurance policy. Unless you have a special policy, usually offered to firefighters, soldiers, offshore oil workers, uh, some policies will refuse to pay if you die as a result of engaging in dangerous activities, hobbies, or sports. We currently are working with underwriters to offer short-term life insurance for people who run with the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. <laughs> I mean, they fucking, the own company, the running of the bulls offers life insurance. That's yeah, insane. That, sign That's me awesome. up. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much they charge you for the life insurance. <laughs> you buy the first round, we got your life insurance. <laughs> So some quick detailed information about the running of the bulls. Uh, This is from everfest.com. The festival begins with the launch of the Zuplanazo rocket at midday on July 6th in Pamplona's Plaza Ayuntamiento. So an ecstatic crowd waits for the countdown with champagne bottles and red wine. Three, two, one, fiesta. This is the official blast off to nine consecutive days of partying. Every day includes a bull run, a parade of the Gigantes or Cabezudos, the big-headed giants, a bullfight, fireworks, and more fiestas than you can shake a bull stick at. Uh, the run itself is a half-mile course down a narrow cobblestone road that leads through the town to the bull ring. Runners ask for St. Fermin for protection and make a daring dash to the ring. If you fall during the run, duck cover your vitals, and pray to St. Fermin. <laughs> and try to get out of the street because you could also get trampled by all the runners. So a few rules for this, actually. There are a few rules. You must be over 18 years old. Must always run forward and never incite the bulls, obviously. And also wear good shoes and be lucky as fuck. <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me all I have to do is wear some good shoes, show up, and I can run with some bulls? Exactly. Dude, sign me up. I'm. I'll taunt these motherfuckers. <laughs> no. no, you. No, you always. You can't run towards them, and you can can't incite them. I guess for some you reason you can't incite them. Can I indict them? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You're you coming with out. me. <laughs> you don't a bull. And so more than fifteen people have been killed since 1925, and hundreds injured every year. So only only fifteen people died since nineteen twenty five. Hey, that's solid. So yeah, you can find it for more information and a full schedule of those events if you head on over to the official website, runningofthebulls dot com. Yeah, so that's where I got all this info from. No and copyright we, infringement. No copyright infringement. Please don't sue me. It was too small time. <laughs> 
And so I'd love to do that sometime, and I'd love to get it on video, Running of the Bulls. So that dude, we're going next year. There might be an episode of that in the near future. So that would be awesome. And, uh, well, shit, that was my last story. Ben, do you have anything to add? Uh, I'm good. For episode one? I know it was kind of shitty, but we'll work out the kinks. Yeah, yeah. You're going to edit most of this. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, this is the the BA Man podcast. And I just want to thank everybody for listening, if you are listening, and subscribe if you like it. Yeah. And hopefully... We can get some YouTube videos out and also a little website that I'm putting together and throwing these podcasts and shit up on. And so you can listen to those too under, you know, like I could imagine myself listening to this on my ride to work or maybe doing a jog through town. He's never done a jog through town in his life. (laughs) Too fond of the seat. (laughs) Go on living. Be a man, God damn it! If you's a man, be a man. Even women can be men. Men's in the but, but you men, are women. Men, well, yeah, men's in the name. Women, woman, whatever. Whatever. All right. You know. Yeah, I'm done. I'm real fucked up, but yeah. I don't give a shit because I'm a fucking man because I watch be a man.